he doing all this Q and all this stuff, so. Hello, welcome to Full Court Sundays. All right, this is a great day. We're back. We've been missing for a while. Me and uh, Carlos Rogers, the legend. We've been back uh, recruiting all summer and been busy all summer. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, We had a special guest today, but... I guess he wasn't able to come, huh, Carlos? Uh, your main man, Derek Coleman, our brother. Man, all these guys be acting funny, man. Everybody be acting like they be so busy. Don't nobody be doing nothing. So what? DC didn't show up for us today, man. He said he was going to show, and he didn't show up. So we're going to do a show without him. We should talk about him, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about the <laughs> legend for a minute, man. Uh no, we gonna, we don't need to talk about him. We need to go on to something else. I still want to give him about five minutes of the show, man, since he missed, man. Uh, I was just with him uh, Friday, so, you know, I think he's one of, if not the best, ever come out of Detroit high school basketball, man, in the city. I always wanted to uh, tell him that, and uh, I always thought uh, that he was one of the best players, if not the best, ever come out besides the Iceman and maybe Spencer Haywood. Maybe yourself. I don't know. I didn't see. Well, he's a well-accomplished player. I mean, you can't take nothing away from him, and he has the accolades to be one of the greatest ever to do it. So I can't take that away from him, and that's what made me love him so much because he came from where I came from. He had and and have, you know, Olympic gold medals, and you know, to have a chance to be number one pick in the world—that's an incredible feat. You know what I mean? So yeah, I still, no matter how much garbage I talk, I still pay homage to him. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, so. you know, we was on the phone today, and, you know, you was talking about, uh, you asked a, a, a very, very unique question. You asked uh, why the book is not there yet. And I love that question that you asked them this morning when we were talking. You know, you said, why that book hasn't been written yet? Yeah, I, I, I look at it. We are part of an era of basketball where we were a part of an era of basketball that is it's hard to duplicate. And I always look at it like we should have a roadmap for these kids to, for success, you know. Right. And most of our stories, if you get everybody who played professionally and anything after collegiate basketball is a professional, anytime you get paid to, to play basketball, you're professional. That's right. So everybody who made it to the professional stage, they have a story to tell. Yes. You know, and just like those books in the Bible, you know, the books in the Bible was based off of men and their story and the things they did to to right. overcome. Right. And that's the same thing. We should have a book like that for the Detroit legends. So because yeah. everybody, they, they see the, the, the end result, but they don't see the beginning. They don't see the story and what it really took to be who you are. You know, people just look at you like, oh, my God, that's Derek Coleman or Antoine Jobert or Carlos Rogers. But before we did any of those accomplishments, these things that, that make us so accomplished, what's the story behind that? You know, right. and that's what I think the young men and women need to hear those stories to understand that things going to get hard, you know, yes. And, yes. Uh, and it's going to be different kind of hard for everybody. Yes. Because sometimes hard is my mama died when I was young or my dad walked away or my grandma took care of me, she passed, you know, or I was molested. It was just a whole bunch of stories out here that's different from yours, but it's still a story of overcoming, right. you know, and I think those stories need to be told, you know, yeah. and bring that kind of success back. Yeah, you know, that's what you were talking about. And I, I think, I mean, like in your prime and your years in the NBA, man, I mean, the 90s and the early 2000s in Detroit was just amazing. Yeah. We had over 25 guys playing pro, and a lot of uh 20 of the 25 probably was in the NBA. It was incredible to and, walk in the gym with everybody in there. Your competition is a, another NBA player, all you know. The time. And I thought that was a common thing for Detroit. And yeah. for, for that to go away, you know, it's a hard pill to swallow because yeah. where do all the greats come together and play at now? Or either right. potential greats, you know? Right. They don't come to the same gym and get to work from each other and make each other better like we did back in those days. You right. And I think that's what we're lacking, you know, those opportunities to, to not just compete but to have camaraderie with these other guys, you know, because right. – Y'all my brothers, you know, and we all come from the same place. So that's how I look at it. Like, you know, we're a fraternity that's to, we all in this together. And whatever it takes to help each other, that's what we're supposed to be to each other forever. Yes, I, I totally agree, man. Like, I mean, in the 90s, you know, I, I was getting into the latter part of my career about to be done. But, man, you guys had you, Doug Smith, uh Mo Taylor, Tractor Trailer, Derek Coleman, Steve Smith, uh, Derek Dow, 
Ira Newbill. Ira Newbill. Chris Webber. Chris Webber. You didn't even say Jalen. Ja- I always get to Jalen. Yeah, we got uh, Sean Leonard. Sean Resper. Sean Resper. Howard Isley. Yeah. I can go Victor on. Victor Alexander. We had a whole bunch of players. And- amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just amazing. And the things that we talking about doing now, man, I think uh, is really what our community need is to bring the kids back together because all of our kids seem to leave the state of Michigan and go pursue their career other places. Uh, but, you know, the, the sad part about that, they have to go to other places because we don't have what they need here, you know. And because I look at so much separation in Detroit now because everybody had their own team, everybody had their own AAU programs, and nobody wanted to come together. In order for Detroit to be success, successful like it used to be, those players have to come together, you know. Right, right. So all those players on those teams, those even the top two players off of every team, they come to a gym together and play against these other guys from these other teams. And then that's how you get better, and that's how you build relationships for the future with these guys, man. And I don't think nobody understand that that's how basketball have to be played because right. as long as you're the best player in the gym, you're not going to get much better than you are, you know, no. because you think you're good enough. And right. it's hard for somebody to tell you something when you're doing the same thing to the same people all the time. Exactly. You, know? you, you only become the best by playing against the best, not by hiding and running. You got to compete against the best to be the best. That's what I believe. Yes. If you're not the best in every gym you walk in, how are you going to be a pro? You're right. You know, and that's what people don't understand. If you're not the best in this gym, then how in the world are you going to be the best in the world? Because the NBA is not just a, a, a local game anymore. It's not just in the United States. It's all countries in the world, all walks of life. If you can put that ball in the hole, they're coming to look for you and get you. Yes, they are. You know, so the numbers, man, listen to this, Judge. I um, did the research, and this was a while ago, and the numbers may be different now, but when I did the research, it said that um, the percentages of going to the NBA is 0.03%. Oh. Wow. Listen to this. Zero. Point wow. zero three, and that's only in the United States. Right, right. Zero point zero three percent chance of making it in the NBA, wow. and these guys don't understand. It's ninety nine point zero seven percent chance that you don't make it. So that's the kind of work ethic you got to put into yourself knowing that right. all the odds are against you. Absolutely. And not just 51%. It's 99.7% chance that you will not get paid to do this. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's a heck of a statistic. But yet and still, people want to pursue this as a career. I'm going to get me a shirt that says (laughs) 99.7% of you cats cannot do this. Wow. 
You can't. You it, it's, it won't be possible for you. And that poll was two years ago. And I told you that was local. That was just in the United States. That's not in China and oh, uh, uh, Mexico and all these other places where they get players from. That's just in wow. the United States. If y'all Google that, what's the chances of going to the NBA? It's gonna say zero point zero three percent. So wow. let your children know that. Why they bull jiving around in school and messing around in practice and not doing what the coaches ask them. Let them know that the chances and the the odds are way so heavy against them. No matter how good they are, no matter how great the people around them think they are, no matter who you are, it's still a ninety nine point zero. It was ninety nine point seven percent chance, zero seven percent chance that you do not make it. So, and that's a harsh reality. Yes, it's a hard reality. 7.6 billion people yeah. on this earth. It's a harsh reality for kids. Listen to this, Coach. 7.6 billion people on this earth. And just say half of them are men. So that puts you to 3.8 billion. Right. And even if half of them want to play professional basketball, that's right. one point something billion. Right. And that still leaves only 400 spots available out of 1.8 billion people. People. Wow. So people don't, hey, listen, that make me understand that my accomplishment are, is way greater than I give myself credit for. You doggone. You know, understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because now that I look at it, I'm thinking like it's a 0.03% chance to go to the NBA, and I did it. You know well, what I mean? Well, only you know the work that you had to put in, the sacrifices, the things you went through. That's the thing we were talking about this morning. In the book, yeah. Yeah. Everybody need to put their own personal story in a- that book. Absolutely. Because you know? everybody have that story of getting to the top. Yeah. You got to the top. That's the top of the cream. Mm-hmm. And you worked to get there. Nobody gave it to you. Nobody know how hard it was but you. Yeah. And that's the story that has to be told. Everybody got a different story. Because once you get to talking, man, and and that's why I never, ever thought about doing a movie because I figured there's no way I can put all of that into two hours. Right. So I want to do a docu-series, man, because I got a real story to tell. Because the mountain to get to the NBA is not easy, you know? And a lot of people don't understand that. And me being tall has a, is a major factor to that. Right. But being tall is still not enough. Right. You know, right. you got to have a work ethic like like nothing man, in the world, man. There's a lot of tall janitors. Yeah. Being tall don't mean nothing. Yeah, it's a whole it's, lot of them. It's a lot to it more than that. Man, now that I have you coaching with me, man, it's such an honor and pleasure, man. Let's get on that because we only got – we got a little short this week, but we'll be back next week. But, man, it's been a pleasure just this month uh, working with you every day, having you there to train kids and give them your knowledge from the NBA, man. I just want to tell you, I really thank you, man. I appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, catch Thank on. you for the opportunity Yeah, because I haven't really – I coach a little bit of high school basketball, and I come in and sit in with Coach every now and then, but this – a lot of people don't. I, I, 
I'm loyal to the people I call my brothers and my friends. And um, a lot of people may not know that Coach had a couple strokes um, last couple years, and it kind of slowed him down. And I'm like, shoot, I, I want to be able to pick him up where he down at. If they can't hear his voice, now you have mine, you know. So whatever I can be to help him, that's what I've always been. And I like coaching anyway. So I feel like I'm an integral part of what he's doing. I help him recruit, and I'm happy about that. I'm number yeah. one recruiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to tell him. <laughs> I'll wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait. Week. Yeah, we'll wait. <laughs> so we can get into it. I can tell y'all why he's the number one recruiter. Yeah. So um, it's it's a privilege for me to be working with you, you know, and, and to be able to see your schemes and the things that you still remember about the game, you know. Yeah. Because I've never really been an ex and old guy I've been right. more like on hands in your face kind of defender and I always want to put that kind of electricity into the players oh you definitely doing that because man I mean the way you showing them the calisthenics and the exercises you know they catching it but to see you at your age man 52 doing it is amazing man I'm still out of shape, but, you know. Uh, not to me. It, not to me. In order to show the – that's what I believe. In in order to do this at a high level, if the head coach can't do it, he got to have coaches around that can. Absolutely. Because just to show to say something to a kid is not enough. You have right. to show them how it look. Absolutely. And if you have players around or, or coaches around that can still show the players how it's supposed to look or how it's supposed to be done or the end result, then yeah. you get much more satisfaction and you know of of yourself being able to put it into put these it kids. Into the kids. Yeah. You are doing a fabulous job, man. And uh, excuse me, sorry about that. We have uh we also got some foreigners here, man, and, and it's been kinda hard to communication, but <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you think about them? And you told me that they would be hard workers, man, and they are, man. I'm really impressed. Uh we seen some videos of some European players and um they were from where they where they uh uh Montenegro Yeah, Montenegro Ser- and Serbia, Serbia and Portugal. Portugal. Yes. And I seen just videos of the kids and I saw how hard they work. You know, I watched I watched their body, I watched how they move and see if they can help us. You know, and when I seen that those kids just their conversation, you know, is different than most kids. Their conversation is I want to go to the NBA and I'm willing to do whatever it takes, coach, and I'm gonna listen. And to get them here in the United States and see that they really have stuck to their word because they're they're yes coach guys and it's not often you have that no matter how much you get into that behind they yes coach yes coach because they they come from someplace everybody talk about where black people come from how hard it is from us for us man one of our kids uh, mom make seven thousand dollars a year so that's a different lifestyle than what I come from you know so he had way less than what we have and also have lesser opportunities. So to see kids that come into the program with lesser opportunities and lesser than what I've seen for black people and see how hard they're willing to work, that to me is, I don't know if that'll get them to the NBA, 
but it definitely can show other people how it need to be done. You know, right. the intensity and the pace that it have to be done at. Right. And the right. urgency. Because right. a lot of kids that we're dealing with now don't have the urgency no. to do nothing great like that no. because their parents have crippled them so much to believe that I'm going to always be here and always help you. And that's not the truth. Right. You know, and right. I think we have to show these kids some independency and so they can start doing things on their own, you know. Right. And right. um prepare for us not being here. And yeah. I think that's what some of those kids is really showing. Yeah, most of them kids, man, like a lot of them, the American kids, and it's not every kid, but most, you know, he got 15 pair of gym shoes. Right. Know? So, you know, he like, man, I, I come in, I got all the fresh gym shoes and stuff. This kid come over, he got holes in his gym shoes. Yeah, and, and the kid that got those 15 pair of gym shoes have no work ethic. And the moment he start working, he make up a reason why he need to stop. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's awful to watch, what man. What they say, love? What they be saying? Oh, uh, man, they make up all kind of excuses, man. They I could watch that they just broke down the plate. And, and me being around the game so long, you could see that it was just deficiency. It didn't have nothing to do. But they had fake an injury and lay there like they hurt and just to, in, instead of taking the discipline for messing up the plays. You know, so it's just so watered down where you got to put some of that um, – that juice back in the game, you know, yeah. because I realize a lot of this is not just the players. It's the coaching, you know, Absolutely. and and the coaches have the ability to change the culture, at least in that space, in you that know, space. Yeah. So I think that's what I, that's what I want to be a part of. I see that you're moving forward and trying to make changes. I want to be a part of it. I, I, I think you coming in and. You you have a strong, strong voice, and all of the children look up to you, the boys, man, and even the girls, you know, because they practice that. They say they scared of me, man. I don't yeah. understand what they scared of. I always have a smile on my face, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you got a loud voice, though. So if people really don't know you, you know. Maybe they take that intimidation, you know. I'm glad it worked. It worked. Okay. So. It worked. It worked, definitely. And, and the boys are working real hard, man. You got to – I mean, I didn't think kids can get strong that fast. Yeah. Ain't that incredible? Yeah. They getting strong. Yeah. I mean, you can see it in their development, in their chest, in their arms, mm -hmm. legs. I mean, and we just been going a month. So Yeah. You've been really working them, man, and, and I'm just sitting back and admiring and watching and learning myself. You don't never get too old to learn about basketball. Yeah, it's I, a wonderful sport, man. Yeah, I, I keep learning, man, each year, man. I find something new about the game and how I can make kids better and keep learning, man. And you've been teaching me. What I teach you? I want to hear this. Huh? I mean, what I teach you? I ain't telling nobody. Hell, <laughs> to give me credit, what I teach you? I want to hear that. You know, that's you and us, man. Okay, I you gonna keep it private? I, yeah, I tell you later because <laughs> I know you. You you be on <laughs> telling anybody, <laughs> but uh, you taught you 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 teaching me that um, there's other ways to really get your body stronger. Than just going in the weight room, mm -hmm. okay? Because 
I always worked out calisthenics and weight room myself. Perry had me doing it. I always lift weights. I always had a strong body. But, you know, just to see kids like, while I'm in college, I don't have the finance and enough school to pay a weight trainer. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to go in and teach kids to do weights. They don't do it. But what you teaching them is, man, look, you can get this every day. Every day. Without Don't have to leave your house. That's right. But you know what's crazy about it, Coach? I um, I lift weights and did all the stuff the coaches asked me to do along the years. Mm-hmm. But then when I got out the NBA, I, wanted to, I seen that Billy Blank stuff and all that, and I right. need to start getting in shape faster. And then I seen um, the guy that do the insanity. And I just started doing it. And I'm a, a guy that if I see you do it, I know I can do it kind of guy. So watching right. those videos, it kind of pushed me harder to want to wanna be able to do it. And then watching that girl there do it, it's like ain't no way I'm going to just stop because she's not stopping. Right. So when I started doing that insanity, it took my brain into another place. And I saw the, the results of my body within three weeks. I started seeing immediate results. And I started seeing all the fat burning off of me. And I started seeing the muscle coming in. And then when I finally did it after the 90 days, I was like, you know what? Because I didn't play basketball for the whole 90 days. I just did insanity every day. Right. And once I got on the basketball court, I could feel myself just floating, you know. Floating. I, I'm talking about I, my jump. I jump higher. You know, I had developed muscles that I hadn't worked on for a long time. Right. I was jumping higher. I was much stronger. Right. And I was running the floor faster, and I was doing it easier. Right. And when I saw that I was getting the results from that, then I was like, man, this is the way right here. If you put this with basketball, these kids going to be incredible. So that's what I started doing. I put those two together. I had the kids doing the insanity stuff and have them get that. Like Nick, he got that fat off his body quick. Man, you know? he, he dropped about 20 pounds in a month. Yeah. And he running fast. His feet is Man, we quick. doing three-pass, three-man weave. Yeah. When the last time you seen people do that? That's hard to do and touch the baselines. Yes. You know, so they're yeah, in better shape. NBA stuff. Yeah, they're in better shape than they believe they are, you know. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting the, the logistics together for them. Right. You know, and watching them scrimmage the other day, I wasn't disappointed because they still don't know, exactly. you know. So, and everybody like, well. Plus, that's kind of like their first time. Being together. Right. Yeah. Even trying anything. Right. And Europeans, first time ever playing at this pace. Right. So I understand basketball. You know, I don't right. just get in people behind just for nothing. You got to understand right. the whole situation, and I do. Right. And once once you understand the whole situation about basketball, you have to look at it different. Right. And I do that as well. Right. I don't look at it from the same eyes as most coaches do. I look at it as I'm aggressive on offense and I'm aggressive on defense. So I'm going to be the one hitting people. It won't be one. I won't be getting hit. All right. So as long as you play basketball like that, man, you're going to always have an upper hand. And the way basketball right. is play today nobody want any contact so the moment you bring contact back into it you're going to see a whole different basketball game you're right and i agree with that because they took the physicality out of the game yeah but when guys are physical you get guys problems. everybody want to shoot threes and now when you pushing up on them and get them off that three-point line now they got to be able to make plays and bump them and beat. And if they can't make those plays, they're gonna flip that ball 